Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, my name is Nigel Jones, and I'm the Sales and Marketing Director of the Practice Plan group of companies that includes Practice Plan, DPAS, and Medenta. And it's my very great pleasure to be hosting this latest edition of Bodcast in the company of Sheena Lochname. Good, good morning, Sheena. Morning. Hi, Nigel. Uh, the topic of our, our discussion um, today is going to be um, the dental charity Bridge to Aid. So I'm absolutely delighted Sheena's been able to, to join me because uh, her depth of experience, her understanding, her leadership of, of Bridge to Aid is, is immense. And uh, I'm grateful to you for giving up that time to speak with us today, Sheena. So I wonder for those people that maybe are, are less familiar with you and your background, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yes, you know, lot name. So my background before um, joining British Trade was I ran a couple of dental practices with my husband. So that's kind of my dental practice management is my kind of my background. Um, and then we started volunteering with British Trade in 2006. Um, and then I joined the team 2011 and just we we closed the practices um, and I and I left and kind of moved over to work with, with British Trade full time, which was fabulous. So it's been a huge part of our family for a long time. Oh, well, I, I look forward to exploring that over the next few minutes. But um, perhaps you could explain a little bit more about how Bridge to Way came to be and uh, what its focus has been. No, absolutely. So um, we were founded in 2002. Uh, so Ian, Ian Wilson and Andy Wilson, his wife, were in Tanzania. Um, he, he's a dentist and he was treating patients in rural Tanzania where there were just no, no dentists. So in Tanzania, there's 111 dentists um, to serve 58 million people. So you can kind of understand the access issues that are there and they've, they've, they've been there since then. Um, and Ian was kind of out in fields and pulling teeth and trying to do root fillings and complex treatments. And, and, and he just kind of one day felt that actually this wasn't the right approach. It wasn't sustainable. It wasn't working with the local healthcare. Um, so he he kind of um, British Trade was born out of a need to want to make a sustainable difference to to the rural population in Tanzania. So he he developed a program of training uh, rural healthcare workers. So a clinical officer will be in remote and rural Tanzania, responsible for around about ten thousand people for all of their healthcare. Um, and he started using volunteers from the UK to train those clinical officers in um, oral urgent treatment, which is emergency dental care, taking out teeth, um, giving kind of prevention messages, that kind of thing. So actually giving them the skills to then look after their communities. Um, and then we were doing that from 2004 was our first program, um, right the way through to March 2020 when the world changed. <laughs> so we, we were kind of doing that for you know 18 years and, and around about 90 volunteers from the UK were dentists, nurses, hygienists, therapists were going out each year to train um, remote rural clinical officers. So I think it's going to be really important for us to spend quite a bit of time on the, 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 the world changing point that you've just <laughs> mentioned. Um, but an awful lot of people will um, be familiar with the, the previous version of Bridge to Aid that you were just describing. So mm -hmm. I, I guess a, a lot of volunteers have been through the programmes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's around about 580 volunteers. And we also had a number of people that came year on year, because I think once you've experienced it and, and that becomes part of your practice, and lots of people came each year and we had a big team of 
clinical leads that came out with us to lead the team. So yeah, a huge number of people have really invested and have given so much to, to the work over the years. Um, and we're immensely grateful for kind of all, all that they've done um, to get us to the point of, of change, which is where we are now. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's a couple of times now we've mentioned the change. So perhaps you'd like to elaborate a little bit on what, what's happened? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with obviously with the pand pandemic, it, it gave all of us a chance to sit back, to think, to evaluate what we were doing. And certainly as a British trade team, we, we did that and we, we took a year. Our programmes had to finish overnight. Um, we were just about to start working in, in Malawi and everything was on the kind of cusp of change in, in that way. Um, but it really gave us a time to, to look at our strategy and decide, you know, what we, we really needed to look at kind of maximum impact on beneficiaries, on people, getting people out of pain, on, on global oral health. So how can we maximize our impact with the, the resources we had, people, finances? So let's maximize our impact um, and maximize our impact on the healthcare system that was always already in place in Tanzania and Malawi and maximize our kind of um, local leadership so it's really important to, it's always been important to me to work with local leaders in, in country local partners the people that are living and breathing these issues day in day out we can sit in our ivory towers and kind of make decisions but that just is not the way to to make lasting change so how can we do that with minimizing the impact on the environment um, obviously with flying volunteers over to Tanzania it's fantastic and they made a massive difference but we were impacting the environment we were impacting the local healthcare structure because we were kind of coming in and people were waiting for us to come in and deliver the training so maximizing impact and minimizing kind of impact I guess is where we were and, that, and that's that's the decision that we needed to make um, yeah, I think that's very, very interesting um, what, what you've uh, touched on there, the environmental considerations, because I think the growth in focus of all businesses, whether they're a small dental practice or a large corporate on mm -hmm. ESG strategies and and just just thinking around like things like the environmental impacts that, that you're having, the social impacts that you're, 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 your day to day life. So even applying to um, to what work you've been doing, I think, is, yeah, is, is fascinating. It's very easy to think, well, yeah, but we're doing a good thing. So, you know, yes, we know that we're impacting the environment and, and yes, we know that we're kind of possibly taking away from the local dentists and possibly, um, but actually because we're doing a good thing, that's okay. But actually sometimes that, you know, that's not okay. You need to look at, can we do it better? I think we all, we all have to do that, don't we? We all have to ask the question, can we do this better? Can we do this with less impact on, on these things? And can we make more impact? Can we make more of a difference in more people's lives um, rather than just sitting back saying, oh yeah, but we're great. I think, you know, we would, I believe Ian and, and Andy were trailblazers back in 2002 and, and even our training model was, was new. It was different. You know, most, a lot of charities, which are, lots of people are doing some amazing work, but you're going and treating patients and coming home again. So I think our model has always been fairly forward thinking and innovative, but it was time to think, how can we make that better? Um, and, and that's what we've done. I, I yeah. believe. Well, I, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, it, things undergo evolution, don't you? And it's a question of staying um, as as ahead of that, uh, of, of change as you can do. And I think you're right. And, uh, you know, I've certainly always found Ian uh, an absolutely inspirational um, character when I, I um, have the privilege of listening to him speak. And um, I think that, trailblazing point was uh, was absolutely right and I think it feels like you're trailblazing again now which is which is 
really good. Um, and and like I said, I, I love what you were just talking about there, Sheena, because there's there is an element, I think, of a lot of people have approached CSR as a sort of a conscience easing activity rather than something that does create meaningful, meaningful change. And um, I think I think the way that Bridge to Road is evolving now, it, it just seems totally in keeping with the fact that people are moving away from conscience easing more to something that's sustainable. So what sort of um, specific projects are, are, are you involved in now? And, and I guess the, the, the important question for many people listening to the podcast will be how, how do they support and how do they get involved? Yeah, sure. So our focus um, continues to be global oral health and, and getting people out of pain. Um, but we've kind of we've now shifted slightly away from um, the kind of curative approach and 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 training uh, healthcare workers to more of a preventative approach. So um, certainly in Tanzania, we were asked by the Tanzanian government to focus their their oral health strategies all around prevention. Um, the, the new global strategy on oral health coming out from the WHO is very focused on prevention and those upstream approaches rather than downstream curative approaches. So the first thing for us is, is really focusing on prevention. So how can we how can we stop the disease happening in the first place? And those kind of messages that we're very used to in the UK, you know, brushing your teeth and your diet and all those kind of common risk factors, we're very we all have a very high oral health literacy. Um, whether we act on that or not, the, the knowledge is, is there. Um, in rural East Africa, the oral health literacy is, is, is very low, very poor. So it, it seems very obvious and people, you know, let's cure it, rather, let's prevent it rather than cure it. But actually, that's been a huge shift for us. So um, to do that, we're working with local dentists, local dental therapists in Malawi and Tanzania. Um, using a cascade model so those dental therapists so I'm actually in Malawi next week um, looking at one of our programs where the dental therapists and we're working in partnership with Maldent Project and Smilawe and the Ministry of Health in, in, in Malawi um, so we're training oral dental therapists to train oral health promoters and they are village volunteers who are working with the Red Cross uh, volunteers that are already in villages to share those messages with them for them to go into their communities because us coming and sharing oral health messages it's just not relevant it needs to come from people that are living in those communities they understand the pressures and they understand how it fits in the context so um, that's the, the program in Malawi and over the next couple of months we'll be training 90 oral health promoters in rural Malawi and that's that's a trial project in northern Malawi and, and hopefully we'll then roll that out um, in Tanzania we're doing a similar project but the other project that we're um, working on there is we're working with a local dentist Dr Neela in um, in northern Tanzania where infant oral mutilation is prevalent um, and if you want to go and google what that is because otherwise I'll be talking for three hours about what IOM and infant oral mutilation is but please go and, and look at it and it, it's prevalent in, in certain areas of East Africa and we've been working with Dr Neela to train again local leaders, local community workers, teachers, faith healers, um, traditional healers around um, the dangers of infant oral mutilation so in the last Last month and this, we've trained 1,300 people in northern Malawi around the kind of dangers of infant oral mutilation, and they can then cascade those messages into the communities. So it's around working with those local partners. Um, and in terms of our dental training program that I talked about at the beginning, training um, remote healthcare workers, 
in oral urgent treatment. We are still going to be doing that, but we're going to be doing that through, and, and the pilot will be in Malawi, through Malawian dentists and dental therapists. So we'll be training them to do the training. So we've kind of stepped one step back and it's all about being community led, locally led, locally managed, not just led, but managed. So our partner in Malawi is the chief dental officer and Dr. Martha Chipunda, who's an amazing woman. I'm gonna spend the week with her next week. I'm very excited about that. Um, and, and she's really been, she's been producing the training program. She's been pushing it through. She's been getting the government buy-in. And, and so it's really important that we tie in with what's already happening in Malawi, which is, which is what's happening there. So yeah, that, that, that's the kind of things that we're we're focusing on. And, and as I said, it, it allows us to get to more people. Those messages are getting to more people. Um, training 1,300 people in the last two months in northern Malawi, and we haven't been, sorry, northern Tanzania, and we're here in the UK funding, supporting, helping, promoting, being advocates for, for the issues, but we're not actually on the ground doing it. And that's, for me, that's amazing. That's really, really exciting that it's happening without us having to get on the plane. Um, I, I agree. I I mean, it's a phenomenal achievement, and um, especially given given the speed at which you've done the reinvention. Really, I know you had the time over the pandemic to uh, to, to mull things over and and focus yeah. on on the next phase. But but it it is amazing how how much of a a quick start you you've got off to. I, I'm really interested in that point about the cultural differences because I think that's part of what you're saying, isn't it? You know, when when people Google IOM, uh, they're they're, they're going to end up just amazed that something like that goes on. And um, you, you mentioned faith healers when you were talking things there. There's this such a substantial difference that I guess that it makes perfect sense that you have to go through the communities rather than kind of impose our Western approach to, to things. No, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we have to also respect those traditional healing methods and respect those healers, because for a number of the communities, that's their only healthcare provider for everything might be a, a traditional healer. Um, and they've looked they they're, they're looking after their communities with all the best intentions and you know they're, they're really caring for what's going on um, but they may just not have that kind of knowledge of in our particular context of oral health education or or the infant oral mutilation um, believing them that kind of ripping out children's teeth is the way of you know, stopping sickness but if that's what you've always been told and always believed so a lot of the work has been around myth busting and explaining kind of how where oral health or where, where the issues come from and where sickness comes from and how so it's, it's about working with those communities but yes if we if we went in ourselves flew in and and did a talk on infant oral mutilation that it just would you know wouldn't it wouldn't fly it wouldn't stick with people but using Dr Neela who's an amazing dentist in in northern uh, Tanzania who's he's so passionate and so dedicated to that work and he works you know in that context day in day out um so it's it's just far more effective yeah, yeah. and when I, you say I, it out loud it's obvious isn't it <laughs> well it, it, it is it, in in many ways yes but i you can you can understand how um you start in a particular place and then you evolve your understanding and you you see what works and and that's that's what i mean about it being a sort of a very logical, sensible, exciting um, phase. And, and and how how do people then get involved in supporting all, all that amazing work that you've you've managed to start off already? No, that's a really good question. And because um, we're building on kind of all the support that we've had over the years and we don't want to lose that. And the, the British trade community is, is strong and it's really, really important to us. So yeah, it, it's hard. One way, I mean, I've, I've talked to a couple of our supporters that have been there from the beginning, but they've never actually managed to 
they've not, not been able to go to Tanzania and asking them the question, well, why, why do you, why do you stay involved? And it's about, um, you know, we can still work as a community, we can still fight the issues around global health and inequalities, um, but just without getting on a plane. Um, so, and, and I understand that there's a period of mourning for a lot of our volunteers, um, my husband being one, when I, when I started talking to him about the changes, you know, he, his initial reaction was, so will I never be going to Tanzania again? I'm like, mm. No, but let's look at the bigger picture. And I, but I do understand it because people have had have got so much out of volunteering with us, and 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 I don't want to take that away at all because it's it's got us to where we are now. So it's been an, an invaluable. But anyway, that's not answering your question. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of um, so getting involved. Firstly, um, fundraising. Um, so people talk about doing bridge to aid and that's very much about going and being on one of our programs but I want kind of doing bridge to aid to be about supporting us and talking about the issues so fundraising as a practice as individuals with your friends raising the awareness of the issues around global oral health inequality so it's not you know money money is really important we can't do what we do without that fundraising but it's also raising the issues and talking about the issues and being advocates as well so people can help us by talking about our work by fundraising uh, we have a speaker team so if people want to speak on our behalf to local LDC groups, BDA groups, rotary clubs so we need speakers. Um, we also have a program development team so that's for each program we run we need to write a new curriculum um, and so we have a team of volunteers that help us with that input because we're not clinicians so we need that clinical we have a program advisory group which is a, a group of clinicians but we need other input so if people want to get involved in writing those training programs um, then they they can do that um, yeah so there's, there's still ways we still want to have our bridge to aid community but it'll just it'll just look slightly different we also will have some volunteering opportunities so as I said before about using um, Malawian dental therapists and dentists to train the uh, healthcare workers we will still need a few volunteers to go and train the trainers um, but they will have we need people with kind of education experience and skills and, and training experience um, so there are some opportunities for that, but mostly it's about talking about the work and, and yeah, talking about what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and I sort of mentioned fairly early on in our conversation about how um, ESG is becoming more and more prominent as, as a, a topic. I mean, I know, for example, um, at, uh, at Wesleyan, who are our parent company, we have a foundation now that has distributed millions of pounds over the last few years to various causes um, and um, that's built into the the um, metrics for the, the senior executive team are um, ESG measures. So it, it's becoming very much established. And, and as I say, it's not just about big corporates, it's about individual practices as well. So, so they'll be looking for ways, you know, yes, they have to think about ESG in its entirety, but a component of that it could be supporting a very relevant and and very meaningful um uh work that you're doing no absolutely and we've just launched a new campaign actually and um, treat one train one so we're asking dental practices to donate so it costs us about 48 pounds to train one um one oral health promoter or one kind of advocate of, against infant oral mutilation um and so we're asking practice do to donate the treatment from one patient around about 48 pounds 50 pounds to us a month and that'll train one person so treat one train one so we're kind of asking practices and that's that's quite simple um either as a practice or as an individual clinician as a as an associate you know or 
whoever um, yeah. to get involved in that way. And because we are still a small charity working very, very closely on the ground with 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 our partners, we can give feedback on where, the, where your money's been spent and how it's being spent and we can you know, keep you involved because I think sometimes it feels a long way away doesn't it if you if you're funding certain projects but because we are quite small still and it's a very small team um, we can feed back to you where your money's going and how it's how it's making a difference so yeah the treat one train one is probably for practices and individual dentists probably the easiest one to to yeah, sign up to. so sign up today <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, I would very much encourage anyone listening to to um uh, sign up because i think it's uh it's fantastic the work that's being done and I, I i like the simplicity of the message that that treat one train one message i think that's that's very clear and we know there's recruitment and retention issues within um uh, dentistry at the moment and that extends right the way through the practice team and i think practices that have a clear um uh, purpose that goes beyond just the, the dentistry that they're doing in their four walls, I think are the ones that will probably be in a better position to attract the, the, the right kind of people. No, definitely. I think practice life is hard at the moment. Um, say I'm not a dentist, but I, I hear about it during dinner every night. Um, so I, I know that, that, you know, practice life is hard and it's good to have a bit of fun, a bit of teamwork when we own the practice um, fundraising and kind of supporting bridge trade was a massive part of what we did um, and it really helped to build the team so I think yes you do need to focus on the things that are going on at the moment but let's have a new focus as well and have some fun together kind of raising money to support something that is really making a difference so um, yes it's good for business and it's good for your patients to see but also in terms of your team who are you know they're having a hard time right now um, so getting together and focusing on something slightly different every now and then I think is, is really important yeah yeah excellent well, as as um, I might have anticipated, uh, we've we've run out of time. In fact, exceeded our normal aim because it's just just too interesting, Sheena. So, <laughs> that, I, I'm very grateful to you for for taking the time out to to talk to us about the amazing work that Bridge to Aid are doing. Um, final words to you. Um, well, just thank you to, to to you and to obviously to Practice Plan. You've been supporting us for a long time now and you're one of our advisors. So thank you for kind of your personal input, but also as, as a company, you, you've supported us along the way from the beginning. So thank you to that. And um, thank you to our supporters. To You've been very patient in this time where we haven't been able to do what we've, what we've normally been doing. So you've really stuck with us. So thank you for that. And just, yeah, keep an eye out for, for what's next because I'm sure there's more. We're, we're talking to a, a team in Uganda at the moment and other, other places. So there's some exciting projects coming up so keep an eye on that yeah i think the key word there is exciting it does sound a, a very very exciting stage that bridge to aid is entering now so thank you so much Shuna. really really appreciate your time and um well very much look forward to seeing um some of that news filtering out over the coming months fabulous thanks Nigel. thanks a lot